What do you miss the most during these past few months of home confinement? A recent survey shows that the top three answers to that question is as follows. Number three is people want to be out in nature, to go out for a hike, to go to the beach. Oh, how they miss that. The second top answer to that question is to be out with friends. I can tell you how I miss just getting a cup of coffee, sitting across a friend, and just talking and catching up. How I wish that can happen very soon. The number one answer to the question of what you miss the most is, not surprisingly, to travel. Many of us would just love to go see new sights and new sounds, just to be out. Can I ask you another question? Did you miss God? Did you miss God? I'm sure to some the answer would be yes. That is, if being with God is the same as coming to church or to be in Christian fellowship. It's been a while since we've been here. It's been a while since we are with fellow Christians. But I hope you will agree that it should not be. We need to understand that being with God is more than just being in a location or even in an event. Today, we're going to briefly look at the life of a man who had an incredible relationship with God. Like us, he lived in a very difficult and challenging time. Yet in spite of all of that, he experienced God with deep intimacy. And because of this, wonder of wonders, we're told that this person did not die. Yes, you heard me right. This person did not die. Instead, he went straight to heaven. What happened? More importantly, how did it happen? Would you turn your Bibles with me to the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 21 to 24. Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 to 24. Let's read it together. It begins by saying, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. And so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. The book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. Genesis chapter 1 all the way to 4 tells us of the creation of the world by God. And it goes on to tell us about the fall of men into sin. Here in Genesis chapter 5, we read the list of Adam's descendants. And seven generations have passed. We learn of a man by the name of Enoch. And this is where we pick up his story. In verse 24, we're told that Enoch is someone who walked with God. 
And then he was not, for God took him. Interestingly, the phrase God took him meant that instead of dying, he was simply lifted out of the earth while he was still alive and he was taken directly into God's presence. One moment he was here on earth and the next thing he knew, he was in heaven. No, he was not kidnapped. No, he was not killed. Neither did he waste away in some disease. He simply walked from earth all the way to heaven. You can think of it that way. Incredible, isn't it? It makes you wonder, how did it happen? Well, the answer to that is very evident in front of us. Because twice in the passage we read, verses 22 and 24, we're told, as if to emphasize that this is the thing you should not forget about Enoch, is that he walked with God. He walked with God. And that makes you wonder, what does that mean? If that's what took him to heaven, what does that mean? I want to know. Well, the word walk, interestingly, is used many, many times. In fact, someone calculated, used 400 times throughout the Bible. And it's a metaphor that simply means to live. To walk is a metaphor of living. To walk with God, then, means to live your life with God. In this passage, we told that Enoch is someone who lived his life for God. And I want to share with you two principles. What does it mean to walk with God in the life of Enoch? Two principles. To walk with God, number one, is to live in deep communion with God. That's the first one. The second, to walk with God means to live in complete dependence on God. That's what it means to walk with God. And that's what took Enoch all the way to heaven. Let's learn more about these two principles today, shall we? Firstly, to walk with God is to live in deep communion with Him. In Enoch's case, we are told that he began walking with God after the birth of his son, Methuselah. Perhaps Enoch was like many men who, who are not serious with life until they look into the face of their firstborn child. Suddenly, at that moment, he realizes the heavy weight of responsibility upon him. You know, I've met many men who've only gotten serious about their marriage, who only gotten serious about being a father, who gone serious even about their faith because of the birth of their child. It just kind of hit them at that moment. Notice again how it says that Enoch walked with God. That just kind of hit him. I better get serious with life. I got to get serious with God. You know, to walk with someone means, first of all, you need to be, you know, you need to know who that person is. You know, Enoch didn't just simply walk. He walked with God. And it, you know, it 
requires the fact that you need to know who that person you're walking with. And then if you desire to continue walking with that person, it means that you know that person more and more as you go along. That's why you want to walk with him. I think that's the case with Enoch as well. You know, if you read Genesis 5 carefully and follow along the, 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 uh, the years of the, the people that were mentioned in Genesis 5, you'll discover that Adam, the first man, was still alive during Enoch's time. Great, 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 great grandpa Adam was still alive when Enoch was around. It's not hard to imagine Enoch one day going up to great, 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 great grandpa Adam and asking, you were in the garden with God, weren't you? Could you tell me more what God is like? What did God say? What made God happy? What made God upset? And I'm sure Adam would have told Enoch all what he knew about God. And somehow as Enoch learned about God, at that moment in his life, he chose to follow God. He chose to live for God. Let's stop there for a, a few seconds. I think there's an important spiritual lesson here. Walking with God begins with knowing Him and knowing more about Him. Think about it. Could that be the reason why some of us are not walking with God? Because we don't know Him or we don't know much about Him. Who wants to walk with a stranger? We're we're told early on that we never go with strangers. Is God a stranger? Obviously, if He is, then you wouldn't want to walk with Him. But if you know Him, then you certainly want to walk with Him. But another question that comes to mind, could that be the same reason why some of us chose to no longer walk with God? You see, it was okay walking with God when you were in elementary, when you were in high school, even college. But then as you go on with life and you never knew more about God except what you learn in elementary and high school, there's no reason to go on walking with Him. You see, God is for when you were still young, when you were still in school, but not when you are already all grown up. But what if you knew God more and more and you learned that God is as relevant now as He was when you were younger? Then that could be a reason why you want to follow Him, that you want to continue walking with Him. Do you know God? Are you continuing to grow in your knowledge of God? That is so critical on whether you choose or not to walk with Him. It certainly must be for Enoch. But we all know that walking with God is more than just knowing God. For you must go in the same direction as God. There must be an agreement. I love Amos chapter 3, verse 3. It speaks directly to this issue. In Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Can people choose to walk together unless they agree with each other? You see, walking together implies 
shared commitment. To be at the same place, to be at the same time, going in the same direction together. For Enoch to walk with God meant that every day he gets up, he would say, Lord, where do you want to go today? Lord, what's on your mind? What do you want to be done? Where, where's our, where are we going? And wherever God went, Enoch will surely go. Enoch set his heart to walk with God, to be by God's side, to go in the same direction as God. Brothers and sisters, does that describe you today? Did you wake up this morning and said, God, where are we going? Where are you going, God? Because where you go, I'm going as well. That is what walking with God is all about. But I'm sure many of us, the trouble with us is we wake up and say, yes, Lord, we're going somewhere. But God, let me just kind of clear things up a little bit. We can go a certain distance with you, but at a certain distance, can I make the decision? Instead of turning right, we're going to turn left. Okay, God, that's, that's, my, that's what I want. And as soon as we start going on that journey, and sure enough, we follow God a certain distance, and suddenly God decided to make a turn. At that moment, we have a choice. Do we say, okay, God, you're going to go this way, but I want to go that way, so see you later. At that moment, we follow our own choice. At that moment, we now walk alone. Or do we put our agenda aside and we say, Lord, lead the way. Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. That's what it means to walk with God. God leads and we follow. Notice that Enoch did not simply walk with God for one week. Enoch did not simply walk with God for a month. Notice something that you'll miss quickly if you just read this passage, you know, without uh, reading it slowly. It says that Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Did you, did you, did you get that? Did, I hope you don't miss that. Enoch didn't just walk when things are, you know, uh, comfortable. For a short period of time, he walked with God for 300 years. Now, I don't know about you. That's called deep communion. That's called you, you are for real. I mean, some of us can walk with God with, for a day, for a few days, for a week, even for a few months. But 300 years? This guy is all out for God. I think perhaps this is for this reason that Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 speaks highly of Enoch. You know, there are only two other references in the New Testament with Enoch. The first one is right here in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. Let me read it for you and, and judge for yourself, you know, you know, what the New Testament writers think of when they think of Enoch. In Hebrews 11.5, it says this, By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. 
He was not found because God had taken him. We knew that part, right? But it goes on to say, for before he was taken, he had this testimony. He pleased God. You know, Genesis tells us how Enoch walked with God and how God took him home. That's good, isn't it? But don't miss something. Don't miss something important. He pleased God. God was delighted in Enoch. God takes pleasure with Enoch. Not, I think not just simply that he walked with God, but it was a real commitment. It was a deep communion, long-term communion with God. And for that reason, God took him home. To walk with God is to live by faith, says Hebrews 11:5. To walk with God is truly commendable because you please God. God is happy. God takes delight in you. You know, only two people in the Bible is described as someone who had walked with God. Do you know? Well, you know one of them already. It's Enoch. Enoch walked with God. There's another person in the Bible described as having walked with God. That person is his great-grandson, Noah. Only two people described as having walked with God. It doesn't mean no one else walked with God, but having been described as walked with God. First was Enoch, and the second one is Noah. And if you want to know more about Noah's life, you could read on into the latter part, a few more chapters down. But these two people walked with God, and it pleased God so much. It was said that one day Enoch and God was walking together. They walked so far along that God simply said to Enoch, Enoch, why don't you just come home with me? You walked far enough. We're closer to my home than it is than we are to yours. So Enoch, come home with me. I like that. It speaks of deep, intimate communion with God. And so Enoch simply walked beyond space and time into eternity. This week, I've been reading, rereading, actually, a booklet that has blessed so many people that have blessed me. In fact, I would recommend that for you. It's a small booklet, so don't think that it's a big textbook. Just uh, maybe about what? About 100 pages or less. The title of this book is The Practice of the presence of God. The practice of the presence of God. It's not really a book. It's actually a collection of letters. It's a collection of letters written by a French monk by the name of Brother Lawrence. And it was written in the 17th century. And the letters were simply correspondence, communication, when people were asking him, how is it that you can experience God's presence in your life. And then Brother Lawrence would write back with his answer. You know, you might think that Brother Lawrence is some kind of a theologian or some kind of a a scholar. That's why people are writing him too. You know, you'll be surprised to learn that Brother Lawrence uh, is not even a religious, you know, kind of like a religious leader. He was part of a religious group living in in a monastery But he was a cook. He was the monastery cook. 
mind you. But there's something about his life that, that just fascinated those who watched him, those who talked to him. He seemed to be close to God. And so they asked him, how is it can you experience God in an intimate way? And his answers were recorded in those letters, and those letters were gathered together into this small booklet. And in that, in his answers, there's something that just, it's repeated again and again. What is the secret of spending time or experiencing God in life? And this is his answer. He said, to spend time with God is really the same. You know, whether you are gardening, whether you are cooking, whether you are cleaning, it's really the same. What you need to keep in mind is that in each of these experiences that you acknowledge the presence of God. He says in each thing that he is involved in, he learned to joyfully proclaim this. What I'm doing now, I will do for all eternity. Whether I'm cleaning, I am blessing God, I'm praising Him, I'm adoring Him. I'm loving him with all my heart. And the next thing, he's chopping vegetables. Guess what? I'm going to do this for all eternity. I'm going to bless God while I'm chopping vegetables. Later on, he'll be cleaning, you know, uh, sweeping the floor. I'm going to bless God as I sweep the floor. I will praise him. I will adore him. I will love him as I sweep the floor. And a few minutes later, he'll be in deep prayer. As I pray, I will praise God, I will adore Him, I will love Him with all my heart. And Brother Lawrence says, that's about it. In whatever I do, I acknowledge God and dedicate it to Him. Brother Lawrence called this the art of practicing the presence of God. And he reminds us, that in wherever we are, whatever we're doing, God is waiting for us. He's standing there in waiting for us to invite Him into our life. All we need to do is merely open our hearts to receive Him and His loving presence. Reminds me of Revelation 3.20, where our Lord Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door of your life. I'm knocking. Hello there. I'm here. And Jesus goes on to say, if you were to open the door of your heart, of your life, and let me come in, that's what I'm going to do. I will come into your life, and I'm going to make a difference in your life. But that is if you want me in. Some of us don't even recognize the presence of God in our life, let alone inviting Him into our life. Brother Lawrence says, invite Jesus you know, into your breakfast time. Invite Jesus in what you're going to do this afternoon, this morning. Invite Jesus into your gathering, into your home. And if you do so, you will experience the presence of God. I believe that's what Enoch did. He walked with God. He lived in deep communion with Him. That's the first principle. But that's not all. You see, there's another principle we need to learn from Enoch. You see, to walk with God is to live in complete dependence on Him. 
To walk with God is to live in complete dependence on Him. What happens when a person begins to walk with God? Without a doubt, this person would begin to take God and His Word seriously. You know, earlier we learned that Enoch did not always walk with God. The first 65 years of his life was a totally different story. Enoch walked by himself. But somehow Genesis 5.22 tells us that change upon the birth of his son Methuselah. At that point, Enoch began to walk with God. Now earlier we said, yeah, you know what? <laughs> we heard of things like that where men, really their life changed. Their life was shaken when they, they had their son or daughter for the first time. But I believe there's something more. There's something more significant, you know, with Methuselah having changed Enoch's life. You know, I'm sure many Bible students know the name Methuselah. You know, if you are in a Bible contest, uh, you know, that's kind of the number one question people will ask. Who is Methuselah? Well, he is the oldest man who have ever lived, at least recorded in the scripture. And then if someone asks, well, how long did he live? Oh, maybe 969 years. That's the oldest recorded age anyone have ever lived. And you know what? After that, that's about it. <laughs> what else do we know about Methuselah? I don't know. But do you know what happened? There's something significant that happened when Methuselah reached 969 and died. Do you know what it is? Well, in Genesis chapter 7, if you read it carefully, um, when Methuselah died at 969, that's when the flood began. That's when the flood began, when Methuselah died at 969. Though we're not told about this in the book of Genesis, another scripture tells us that God revealed something important to Enoch. God revealed to Enoch his plan of judgment against man's sin. Yes, God takes sin seriously. Yes, God will judge wickedness. And it is interesting, the name that Enoch choose, chose to name his firstborn son, Methuselah. What is the meaning of the name Methuselah? Loosely, it is translated to mean... When he dies, it will come. When he dies, who? Methuselah. When Methuselah dies, it will come. Makes you wonder, what will come? Well, judgment will come. How did Enoch knew about it? How did Enoch chose this? Because God revealed it to him. Enoch, I'm against sin. Enoch, I will judge sin. Enoch, you don't want to be there to see my judgment on man's wickedness. When will that happen, Lord? When Methuselah dies. The name of Methuselah, Methuselah himself, is a reminder in many ways. Judgment is coming. Don't take God for granted. How did we know? Where did we find this? Let's look at this other reference in the New Testament to Enoch. The first one is in Hebrews 11.5. The other reference in the New Testament to Enoch is found in Jude chapter 
I mean, chapter 1. There's only one chapter in Jude, verses 14 and 15. Would you look with me in Jude, verses 14 and 15? Listen to what Jude says about Enoch. It reads, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Here we learn that Enoch was given a revelation from God. That's why he is a prophet. God spoke to him. God told him a message. He learned something from God. And what is it that he learned? That God is at work against wickedness. And that God is ready to exercise judgment. What does someone who's walking with God do when they hear that God means business against sin? The Lord is coming with ten thousands of His saints. I would ask, am I part of that? Am I numbered among the saints? I surely hope so. I surely want to be when the Lord comes that I will be among those numbered with it. How do you respond when you hear that God, the Lord, comes to execute judgment on all? Lord, have I confessed all my sins? Have I trusted in Jesus for forgiveness of my sin so that your judgment will not be upon me? How do you respond when you hear the message, the Lord comes to convict all those who are ungodly? Do I know any ungodly people that I need to share the good news so that they would not fall under the judgment of God, so that they would put their faith in Jesus. You see, when you hear a message like that, the man or woman who walks with God orders their life. They say, where do I stand? And then as you look around to those around you, you cannot but want to say, you too, be serious in your relationship with God. You see, the man who walks with God not only want to commune with God, they realize they need God. They depend on God. In fact, all of us need to put our trust in God. Have I lived a godly life? What else can I do to please my God? How can I bring others to faith in Christ? I cannot do it on my own. I need God. To help me. I need God to use me. I need God, His grace, His mercy. I need Him in my life. Does that describe your walk? Do you take God seriously? Do you take God's word seriously? Do you depend on Him? To walk with God is to live in complete dependence on Him. This week... I've been reading about the life of an American educator by the name of Frank Lawback. He is well known for having developed the first worldwide literacy program called Each One, Teach One. Each One, Teach One. If you are in education, you certainly must have heard of Frank Lawback. The wonderful thing about this program 
it is still being used today to teach over 100 million people how to read in their own language. An incredible contribution to mankind. Many of us may have heard of him, but how many of us know that Frank Lobach discovered or developed this program that is benefiting the world even today during his 40 years of missionary work among the Maranao people in Mindanao. Yes, this program of literacy was developed here in the Philippines by Frank Lawback, who spent 40 years of his life as a missionary among the Maranao people. It started with his deep concern of, of illiteracy among the Maranao people for, with whom he was sharing the gospel, and he wanted to do something about it. I was reading his book, Prayer, The Mightiest Force in the World. In this book, Frank Lobach shared how all of the things that he was able to do, it all began by the desire to practice to be constantly abiding in the presence of Jesus. It all began with his desire to walk with Jesus. Listen to what he said. He said every day when he wakes up, he begins by asking this question. Father, do you, what do you desire to be said today? Father, what do you desire to be done today? That's the first question he begins, and that's a question that he continues on throughout the day. Father, what do you want to be done? Father, what do you want to be said? He did this because he believed that Jesus exactly did the same thing. And what difference did it make? Well, we all know the difference it made with the contribution that he had to humanity. But I want just to read a few quotes from this book. A few quotes of what difference asking God what is it that he wants to be done made in his life. Just listen to a few quotes, would you? He said these words, Frank Lobach says, Oh, the thing of keeping in constant touch with God, of making him the object of my thought, the companion of my conversation. It is the most amazing thing I have ever ran across. He goes on to say, I feel simply carried along each hour, doing my part in a plan, listen to this, which is far beyond myself. You see, my part in this hour, in this continuous inner, inner conversation with God, is simply to be with God in perfect responsiveness to His will. And finally, he closes with this invitation. Just the privilege with God is infinitely more than anything that God could ever give. You see, when God gives Himself, He is giving more than anything else in the universe. It's not the fact that he was able to develop a program that is now helping a hundred million people. As wonderful as that is, the most wonderful thing about being with God is God himself. The greatest joy of all. To walk with God is to live in deep communion with him. To walk with God is to live in complete dependence on him. 
there's an old African-American song. It's a song that slaves used to sing as they work in the fields. This song is the longing of their heart. It's a prayer of a people who realize that in themselves they have nothing in this world except God. But God is enough. In fact, they want more of Him in their life. I'd like to close our time together by reading you the words of that song. It is entitled, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. During these difficult and troubled times that we live in, may it be your prayer as it is my prayer as well. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. Through this world of toil and snares, if I falter, Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden shares? None but thee, dear Lord, none but thee. When my feeble life is o'er, time for me is no more. Guide me gently, safely o'er, to thy kingdom shore, to thy shore. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be. Let us pray. Lord, as with the words of this song, may this be the desire of our heart. Asking for just a closer walk with thee. First of all, it's a walk with nobody else but you, O oh God, for you meant so much to us. And we can only treasure, cherish you as we realize how much you love us, how you gave yourself for us. The great sacrifice on the cross by our Lord Jesus is the ultimate expression of your love for us so we would not have anyone but you to walk with but lord we desire a closer walk with you one in which not only do we want to learn of you but we want to do your will and not only do we want to do your will we want to let others know about you so that they too can love you and walk with you but lord in ourselves we wander off. In ourselves, we are so easily distracted. We're so easily discouraged. We're so easily wandering off. Would you help us, Lord? Bring us time and time again back to your fold, back to your love, that we will walk our life with you. This can only come when you, O oh God, work your wonderful work in us and through us. As you have 
bless Enoch, blessing him not just with a temporal but an eternal communion. So it is for all of us who call on the name of Jesus. Let that be our joy. Let that be our peace, both now and until we see you face to face. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.